0: Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Chip, are you ready for a shameless
1: smash up? I love this shameless smash up. We've never done anything like this before. I know. But We've been, how long? We've had a podcast for over five years. We've never done this. I know. And it makes so much sense to actually recap our favorite episodes of last year now, because yes. this is airing in 2023. Yes. But it will give people our top, each of us our top three picks, right? Yep. Yours and mine.
0: And it's a great way if you're new to Shameless Sex to get a taste for what we offer and as a lot of variety in there from the speakers to the topics. Uh, So if you've already listened to those episodes, stay tuned because I don't know, you might be reminded of something that you really wanted to to learn and you forgot about. And if you're new, then you can go to the show notes at the end after you listen to this awesome episode and you can go listen to the full episode. So this is six different clips. They're about 10 minutes each and they're all Fucking awesome! Yeah, we had to listen to these
1: again and be reminded. And I was like, "Oh, I loved this part. Oh, yeah. I, this was so much fun." There's some juicy information.
0: Oh, juicy is the word. Oh, we got yeah. some anal in there. We got some, all kinds of things. There's a lot of variety. Some kink. Oh yeah, and just just so we just want to say this: we love all of our speakers, all of our guests, and we just you know curated this list. But if you've been on our show and you're listening, we love you too. You're wonderful. We can only choose six, so <laughs> you know there you have it: a five-hour episode. Uh, do y'all have well God? Way more than five hours. Jeez. Uh, well, oh, yeah. we do clips from all of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe longer. I don't. We'll know. work on that next time for y'all. Uh, <laughs> so at the end of our smash up, shameless smash up, we will be debuting, premiering a Sizzla, a teaser, a trailer, if you will, from our awesome podcast network, The Pleasure Podcast Network. We love being a part of this network. And this episode or this little Sizzla is with Private Parts Unknown with Courtney, who is a wonderful Courtney Kokak, I think it's. Yes, I believe so. She's an amazing journalist, writer she's so funny and sweet she travels places and has like sexual experiences what was the ha- the happy ending story in japan or yes, something in
1: tokyo it, yeah
0: right it was really good and then she writes and podcasts about it so she's amazing it's definitely a different approach or it's like what's the um anthony bourdain it's like anthony bourdain of sex exactly yeah. that's what she's called herself oh nice well there you go so stay tuned at the end of the episode so you can listen to the sizzla, the teasla it's just a quick yeah, little, it's like a minute t- it's a taster a taster Ooh, Ooh. it's like an episode. Up-
1: Pratif. We, uh, we come up with different names for these every show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're creative. All right, you ready for a sex question? I sure am. All right. So my wife and I bought a variety of toys to let me use on her and it's been great. We've done anal a few times throughout the years and she seems okay with it when we do it. We use lube and a butt plug, but it seems to hurt her a little and she asked me to find ways to make it more pleasurable and hurt less. Any suggestions? Mm-hmm. You know how we love talking about anal. I would say butt plug. So they they said they use a butt plug. Maybe a smaller butt plug. Yeah. Maybe maybe, a finger. A finger. Yeah. Well, yeah. So anal shouldn't be painful, but discomfort is normal. So what, one thing that comes to mind is when she says it hurts, I'm always curious what hurts means. Does that mean that there's pain? Pain to me is like burning, you know, a tearing kind of sensation and discomfort. like, Oh, this just feels like a lot. It's like a lot of fullness and a lot of pressure and can feel a little overwhelming and uncomfortable. Hence the word discomfort. But that would be my question when she's saying you're using lube and a butt plug and it still hurts a little. And then also, so, so I'm curious about that. If, if she could maybe share more of that with you about what that means. And then the other thing would be what's hurting. Is it, inserting the butt plug that's hurting is it it moving to anal sex like penetrative anal sex and that still hurts even though you've used the butt plug we what's our tagline and i almost said pure pleasure (laughs) at shameless sex april Uh, you have to go slow Go slower than slow and then slower than that, which, especially for anal. Especially for anal. When it comes to anal, and maybe at some point your ass opens up and it's like, fast and hard, fuck me really hard. But until you're at that point, you have to go really slow. And so, like what April said, you know, and this person's already using lube, so awesome. Um, and preferably a really good lube, Uber lube, long lasting, amazing. And you want to make sure that. You have you, the, the ass relaxed. So even before the butt plug, like April's saying, a finger might be something that you would use to massage the anus and maybe a little bit inside, but not not too much so you can open it up a little bit before moving the butt plug. It's like taking baby steps. It's like first we start with a massage outside, then a finger, then a plug. then we can move to something larger. And
1: sometimes you can use a vibrator on your external bits. If you have a vulva, you can put the vibrator on your vulva while you're getting slowly and with something smaller at this point uh with a finger yeah. while that's being
0: entered i think that's what uh, Alicia and Erwan said for their anal episode that we just recently did was to actually add stimulation or orgasms before even going into the anal, or maybe it was kind of play. Someone said this. I think, yeah. What anyways, it's great advice. Uh, because when you, when you have more arousal and orgasms or arousal without orgasms, but you're bringing in the, you brings in blood flow and that helps to relax things and make things more juicy and more pleasurable. So maybe that, yeah, it's a good idea to add more pleasure there. She's asking for more pleasure. So add more pleasure. In other areas, while you're stimulating the ass too,
1: just please don't incorporate any numbing anything. No, because that's when you actually can get injured, like fissures happen or different things. So, even though it sounds tempting, if it hurts, this your wife, don't go down that
0: rabbit hole. No. And the last thing I'll say about the, the kind of going with the slowness would be. Let her be in control instead of you being the one putting the butt plug in or, you know, or if you're using a cock or a dildo or something, let her be the one to put it inside of herself and she can go as slow as she wants to and listen to her body. Or if you're doing it, ask her to guide you and tell you how fast or slow, like for me, when I'm putting a butt plug in or if I'm, you know, having penetrative sex with a a cock. I'm the one that is, I'm not necessarily not necessarily doing it to myself, but I'm the one in control of how fast and slow it goes. And it makes it so much more pleasurable. And sometimes I have to stop entirely. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just have to take some deep breaths right now. And then, oh, what's the other tip? The bearing down. Oh, bearing
1: down, yeah. which is Kenneth Play had yeah. talked about that, which sounds like the opposite of what you have probably learned because it's usually an exit only zone right yeah. that's what a lot of folks are used to so bearing down and sort of opening up around whatever is being uh like if it's a finger or a anal safe sex toy yeah bearing down and, and opening up that way
0: yeah yeah it helps to relax the muscles and and but then that combined with a lot of lube slowness communication can usually make things more enjoyable and anal is not for everyone but um if so you have a butt plug like april said if you want to try a smaller one i like butt plugs that have tapered tips so it can kind of goes into like a point at, at the top as opposed to like round ones on the top they don't quite make sense to me they're easier to insert and if you're in the market for a new butt plug you can go to purepleasureshop.com you can use coupon code shameless sex you get 15 off everything we're big fans of the booty plug i think it's b-o-o-t-i-e no why b-o-t-t-i-e yes you're right yeah Factory. yeah yes. yeah yes exactly and um they have a small medium large so and you could even get a whole set of them and then kind of work your way up to the large and they're soft so They're flexible. So they contour the body nicely.
1: Also, one thing is you could try anal beads as well, like small to larger and work your way because there's little stop points between a lot of anal beads. So that might be another direction to go. Yeah. It's kind of up to you. You can. Try uh, try a few things. Listen to all of the episodes we have on anal. There are so oh, many episodes. So many. Yeah. And I think we have one on this smash up, actually. we, yeah, do. we do. So there you go. You yeah. can get a clip of that one. And Coming from there, right you can listen to the whole episode.
0: Yeah, if you never know how to find anal on our uh, iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, just go to the month of August and right we always have anal episodes for August. we've had part one part two <laughs> Yeah, we love anal it's our favorite we topic. really sometimes do sometimes we do anal in january i don't know yeah, yeah. it doesn't it, there's always room for it yeah and ask fit fit a lot speaking of always room anyways
1: yeah <laughs> well good question and just uh, hopefully you'll find a solution
0: yeah. that fits for your wife's yeah. body and make sure you're only doing things that feel pleasurable and good and if they don't then do something else that's right. All right. There's no bio. No bio. No bio, bio. Uh, bio. A bio about, yeah. And we would, re- it would be six different bios, but we're just going to let you all dive in and listen because it's really fun. All right. And remember to stay tuned after the show. So what exactly is dirty talk or whatever we're calling it these days? Like how do you define that?
3: Right, so I, I like to say dirty talk because, like, when when you say that, people are like, oh, like that, like it just it kind of has that I don't know that spark to it. But if I were teaching like a course, once we actually get into the course, the workshop, I would probably use either sens- sensual talk, sensual storytelling, or erotic communication because there's really nothing dirty about it, morally or otherwise. And your your dirty talk or your erotic communication does not have to include words like you know slut or whore or, or just, you know, big daddy or pimp daddy or whatever. It doesn't have to be like the typical dirty words that we think of when we think of a sexual context. It's just erotic communication. So examples of that would be kind of, you know, during, during sex, if you're navigating verbally, you know, I love it when you, when you touch me here, I love it when you, you know, kiss my neck. It could be what are you wearing? It could be, um, part of sexy role play. If you're dressed up as a sexy nurse or a sexy schoolgirl, or, you know, um, powerful CEO versus naughty babysitter. Um, but it's all of the things that we do to bridge that closeness that aren't just the touching and the moaning. I would say that's dirty talk. i like in a, in a nutshell, there's so yeah. much more that we're going to expand on, obviously through the interview, but that's kind of just like erotic communication, any words or sounds with intention that are exchanged that aren't just, you know, the moaning and the touching during the act of sex foreplay, um, flirtation. I would say sexting also falls under that umbrella. Hmm.
1: This is, so this is what I wanted to touch on before I get into the next question, because as I, as I mentioned a little, a few minutes ago, it is an art form and it can be so different when you're on a phone or on a video call of some sort or you're text messaging someone than when you're person to person and human to human and you're you're wanting to drop in t- to some sexy talk or some... Ero- I love the term erotic communication because... And even though that's so simplistically combined, it makes so much sense. And sometimes it can be erotic and maybe it's not turning you on, but it's turning the partner on. Uh, So my point is, is that when you bridge these gaps between the different variations of media versus in-person, this physical connection, and we'll get into tips, but how do you get out of your head? I have problems and I have, I'm part of shameless sex. And still sometimes I don't want to call it a problem, but I get in my head about it. And I get nervous about, Oh my God. And even, if, even with my partner that I've been with forever, I'm like, Oh God, I want to talk dirty, but I don't know what to, what to say. And and sometimes I get too in my head. So what kind of things do you feel would be helpful for folks that are like me or maybe they've never experienced any dirty talk but like to hear it maybe they're reading erotica is there any suggestions for those folks that are that are like, like me, for the shy or the new yeah the shy
3: the new uncomfortable the heady fucks like me definitely so um there's a couple of things i want to touch on to kind of give a bit of context um you know, you can tell someone to do something, but it's kind of like you can give a person a fish or you can teach a person to fish. So I think having a little bit of context of why erotic communication can be important or helpful is a really great great way to start. Um, and then we will, like as we talked about tips and like how to get into it, that'll be our immediate next thing unless we have another, you know, interim bit. But um, I always like to think, you know, from minority backgrounds that erotic communication is a tool in our toolbox, kind of like... When you're in school and you learn about different methods of learning, like some people are visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. They So visual learners, they need to see it. Auditory learners, they need to hear it to really have an impact on new information. Um, or kinesthetic is like hands-on or needs to move through it. I'm really good at physical education, PE, dance class, whatever. Um, you know, in sex, you can be someone who really your body talks. So you're really good at the hands-on application. You're good with your hands, you're good with your fingers, you're good with like rocking with the motion of the ocean, but you may not be comfortable with the erotic communication and the spoken factor. But for your partner, or maybe even for yourself, like buried under all that self-consciousness, like this is just a learning style or another approach in that, like I would get more out of this experience and feel more connected if we engage in neurotic communication because I'm an auditory learner. And that's more affirming for me. Um, And that just helps me get more out of the intimacy in this experience. Then building off of that, I also like to draw to love languages. There's all kinds of things that are kind of problematic about the original love language book because it's really centered around heterocentric marriage, but there's still some really great, you know, um, grains of wisdom in there. So you have like acts of service, like somebody feels more loved when you do. I don't know a, a chore or a task for them. You have. Like, hey baby,
0: I wash the dishes. For you.
4: <laughs> I
3: wash the dishes. And just I, wash for you. Them, I wash the car. Scrub them so
4: hard;
0: they're so <laughs> clean.
3: I filled up the gas tank last night. The gas is so <laughs> expensive. Oh yeah, like
0: <laughs> <laughs> so acts of service. I might not
3: be able to rattle these off all at once. Um, um, and then yep, physical I touch. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But words of affirmation is in there. Words of affirmation is my top love language. So erotic talk for me is that confluence of I am chiefly an auditory learner and I am chiefly a words of affirmation lover. Um, and just appreciating that maybe in yourself, like where that is on the pyramid of your love languages, where that is on the pyramid of either how you learn best or how you'd like to begin diversifying, like how you learn from each experience. Is helpful and it might not just be in you it could be in your partner one of your partners if you're poly um so understanding first like the application of it and how it can be helpful to your your partner i think is is just a great way to to outline that container and not make it feel inauthentic because i think Um, April, a lot of the people feel hesitant about dirty talk, it's because they feel like uncanny or phony or inauthentic. They're just like, I don't really want to say inclusion harder or like mimic what I saw in the porn because it's not what I want in this moment. So as far as getting into it, I would say the easiest things that you can do in the moment are to breathe with intention because when you, you breathe, again, your partner can match your breath. But also, like my first experience with dirty talk, erotic communication, living under my parents' roof before I became like a, a voiceover artist or a voice escort, like my long distance boyfriend at like 17 into 18 into 19, like he didn't really do a lot of dirty talk, but he was just like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. And I, that to me is still part of erotic communication. You don't even have to put words to it. Or if you're affirming like the yes, 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 that you build up towards an orgasm or build that verbal urgency, like start there, start with breathing into it, humming into it um, and building those intentions and that sense of desire and embodied urgency just with your breath and with your, you know, with your yes, with your words of affirmation or even... Radical communication also includes drawing drawing boundaries as well, um, and we'll we'll talk about that as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would touch on. I want to like open it up to you guys if you have questions.
0: Well, I get so excited about. I, I, I was going to ask the benefits of dirty talk, but I feel like we already understand yeah, that. Like, you it's, you it. know, yeah. deeper A connection lot. and mm-hmm. spices things up. And so, something that came to mind for me is. You know, as someone who engages in dirty talk, gets really turned on by it, uh, prefers partners that uh, do a lot more than than me. And you could call me a dirty talk pillow princess, but I don't give a fuck. I'm a dirty talk pillow queen. So, uh, and so I, you know, I prefer my partners to say a lot and, and I will just give, make a lot of sounds that are authentic. So not, like there's the whole, there's the whole movement about like not making sounds that, um, are not true to your actual arousal because, because it's confusing everyone, it's confusing your partners and it's confusing your body. And sometimes we get programmed by that from porn and all these things. So actually to get really clear on like, what is my body really feeling and how do I release the sounds or the words but what I found for myself is my partner can say, like, a whole bunch of... Sometimes, actually, I've actually told my partner to shut the fuck up once. I was like, you're talking too much right now. <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh, he's like oh, yeah, I'm naughty baby, little baby, baby, girl. Baby, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do all these bad things to you. I'm going to stick in this hole and then this hole and like, make you do this thing and this thing. And I'm just like, uh, and I'm trying to, like, focus on my genitals, focusing on my genitals. And then I'll be like... Can- can you just stop for a minute? Like, uh, But yeah, so do you didn't you're doing. say
1: shut the fuck up. You're like, no, hey.
0: no, I was, but I was like just a little less. And he's like, okay, but we have this arrangement where, or understanding that, Our communication and we teach communication at Shameless Sex so often uh, where it's not just like stop, you know, it's very because a lot of people can't handle that. But my partner and I can where one of us can just pick yes, no, slow down, stop more of this, less of that without having to do what we call the shit sandwich, you know, like making all fancy and things. But what I found, too, is. I also can just say, you know, we, so we're having a sex session. And he's doing like 80% of the dirty talk. And it doesn't mean he's talking the whole time, by the way. I'm just saying, like, any of the words or things, words beyond moaning that are coming out would be him. All I have to say is like a couple simple sentences, like, you know, you want to get it in that pussy so bad, don't you? You know, something like that. And like, I did my dirty talk for the day. <laughs> like, That's good. You, know, you, ticked, yeah. it you yeah, it ticked it, it you off. Yeah, ticked it off. And I, But I know him Tally. and I know that how that works for him. And so I just wanted to like, I kind of highlight that, uh, that, it, I mean, it can be so many different things for so many different people and you're speaking to love languages and, and it, it ma- probably really matters on who we're in relationship with and what really speaks to us.
5: If you also have sex enough, mm-hmm. you're going to have times that are just like not that inspiring, not that amazing. And this is so important for people to know because they put so much pressure on themselves for it to be amazing all the time. Mm-hmm. When really the focus in my experience should be on training our bodies and our sexual psychology mm-hmm. so that we're optimizing our sexual experiences okay. and then knowing you can never get it perfect.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. I like that. That's good advice because mm-hmm. that's a lot to live up to, to be like, I have to have the best sex of my life all the time. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy that even Layla Martin's not having the best sex
0: every single time yes, of her life. Time. Sometimes you're just laying there, like yes. on. but it's consensual. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So consent. <laughs> talk to everyone. We are always preaching consent, no matter what. So say, so, yeah, but yeah, I get it. Sometimes you're like, I don't have the energy to have this, like you know, marathon sex or this, like you know, super deeply connected, expansive sex. I'm just, especially if you're dedicated some 21 day thing which actually are we talking about that one on this episode or yeah I think we are talking there no anyway, we'll get there at the end yeah okay 21 day challenge you must do it you must do it uh so okay so you shared
1: a couple of things about the psychology and can you kind of dive deeper into these these tips and tricks you gave us a few already yeah. Yeah. uh but I know there's a lot more yeah so I'll
5: give you the most common kind of gendered tips that are usually very helpful okay so for most women uh we're not having our bodies touched the way that we desire Mm -hmm. right so central activation for a woman's nervous system for the vast majority of women makes a huge fucking difference right so for pussy to blossom open that takes time 20 minutes 30 minutes, 40 minutes sometimes, especially if you're in a longer term relationship. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, when you first meet each other and it's hot and heavy, you can get away with shorter. But if A partner's pussy is tight, uncomfortable. She's not like desiring and wanting your dick. You probably haven't spent long enough with her. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's something where we see porn and it's just like, oh, wow, okay, you're open just at the sight of his hard dick, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is not usually realistic. So really working to centrally open a woman's body and to connect with her. So a lot of women would say, It is horrible when my lover is not present with me. Mm -hmm. Like my lover's checked out. I feel like my body's a machine. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, he or she or they are thinking of someone else. They're somewhere else. They're in fantasy land. Like these things make a really big difference to the quality and connection of sex. Like no one really wants to be having sex with someone who's not there. Oftentimes we're not paying enough attention to that then really knowing what uh, generally women like and then what your specific woman likes, right? Which is very, very, very important. So most women, yes, the external clitoris uh, called the like gland of the clitoris is very, very, very sensitive, very erotic and has 8,000 nerve endings. That really absolutely turns a woman on. Mm-hmm. And there's variations on what we like with that particular part of our body. So some women love circular strokes. Some women love up and down. Some women love really hard and intense. Some women like pulse like pulsating touch. Mm-hmm. Some women like really like subtle touch, like mm-hmm. almost like the energy of your fingers is doing more than the physical touch of your fingers. So what can be amazing is to actually learn different types of touch, different types of strokes. And when you're with a new lover, or even if you've been with someone for a really long time, being like, Let's actually spend some time where I just get to explore your body and you tell me what you love, Mm. right? You tell me what feels good. So I understand what actually works for you women hate when you shove anything inside their bodies. I
0: know. When no, they're not ready. When, when they're not ready. Totally. Oh it's like, it feels like a tampoon. Or like, I'm at the doctor's office. You know, speculum or, yeah, put in. Spe- exactly. yeah, but we're talking talking—we're we're having pleasurable sex right now? Yeah. Come on. So guys, <laughs> I want you
5: to imagine your own anus, your asshole, if someone were to just shove something up there oh, geez. without consent, without warm up, when you were in a big fuck yes, how would that feel to you? Mm-hmm. So think the same way about a pussy, right? Like, I would Every man could experience penetration in his anus, hopefully with a penis, but even with just fingers or a dildo or a tongue, because it teaches you so much mm-hmm. about the vulnerability of penetration mm-hmm. and how, in the right circumstances, when you're turned on enough, when you are a fuck yes, when you are really into it, it is the most exquisite thing ever. Yeah. And when you're not, it's actually really horrible and your body shuts down. And so what happens as well is a lot of women aren't even they don't even understand that enough about their own bodies that they'll tolerate penetration before their body's fully tolerate. ready.
0: Tolerate,
5: And this creates yeah. like a chronic contraction, which mm-hmm. then creates numbness, desensitization and a sen- like often it can lead to pain as well. Mm-hmm. And this is so good for a man to understand is really imagine what it would take for your anus to feel safe Right? You'd have to really trust the person you were with. You'd have to want them to respect that as an area that's sensitive for you and to be able to explore it with a lot of consent and a lot of understanding. Most women are not getting that level of attentiveness and care to their pussy, whether it's penetration with a finger, penetration with a penis, penetration with a dildo. So for all of us to take like a big step back and be like, wow, before I even think about what I'm doing to this pussy, have I made her feel safe? Mm. Have I made her feel trust Mm -hmm. that I am attuned and connected? And then what you do on top of that makes all that like it's so much more exquisite and beautiful and delicious on top of that then having like a different like lots of different ways that you can turn pussy on is amazing so yes you can you know do circles on the clitoris you can lick the clitoris and understanding penetration of pussy feels so delicious in the right circumstances Mm -hmm. so exploring the g-spot with two or three fingers right and a lot of women prefer much slower penetration with fingers than they're receiving so like <laughs> usually not mm-hmm. the highest female desire. Every once in a while, yes. So again, you
0: have to really know that's your audience. That's when they're like, fuck my pussy with your fingers right now. though. Yes. Or like, put exactly. exactly. a cock yeah. in me. I love get that there. work. It's but so we, But we get there though, right. you're like when at when that point. When it's super I'm like, I just want a cock in yeah. me. Yes. Yeah.
5: that's hot. So it's all about the buildup. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes people aren't giving enough of that buildup. They just up. go
0: right to that point. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And that's
5: when it's not attractive. And yeah. then there's a lot of confusion as well in people because for, let's say a lot of men, they start to think like, oh, women don't want wild, intense, hard sex, Mm -hmm. right? Or they don't wanna be choked or whatever, Mm -hmm. where it's like oftentimes because a woman has had things done to her that weren't consensual Mm -hmm. or before she was ready, it's like the things that she wants unfold and unlock when she is being treated with deep respect and has the time to open and then desire them. Mm -hmm. So It's really important to understand like the context of when something feels really good to a pussy or to a cervix or to a throat and when it doesn't.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the safety thing it always is the trust and safety
0: yeah and, and it leads to relaxation Yeah, I so I have moments where uh, someone will be going down on me and my body's just like a full no clenched it's ticklish mm-hmm. squeamish because the buildup isn't there my body's not ready and also I have a history of the first couple of people I had sex with never went down on me so that's always been like a lifelong receiving barrier because that kind of like that old program still hanging out and then I'll have times where I feel so safe secure turned on I'm, I'm like fucking the shit out of that face and but it's based on those other factors it's the connection it's the relaxation it's safety it's the words I'm an energetic when it comes to sex more so Um, and then and then my pussy can become alive but if you know mouth tries to go there beforehand or fingers try to touch my, my body's just like you know clamps down and and it's not available and it really takes one me to communicate that and advocate for obviously but also for a partner to be paying attention to my you know my body but here's one thing i want to talk about or ask you about i think a lot of people have been trained to be performers especially um vulva owning individuals especially female identified folks but i think penis owners too where even though someone's touching the pussy they might still be making a sound like it sounds good and and so i don't wonder what you think about that and like advice to folks who i mean i think i'll just speak for myself i said something i definitely used to do and i think i still catch myself at times doing that i'm like oh Actually, you're making it sound like this is really pleasurable and you're not advocating for the fact that it, you're, you're actually needing a little slower or something. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that one?
5: <laughs> yeah, so I see it and experience it both ways. So one of the things that one of my lovers said to me recently that was so amazing was he was like, I feel like you auto-tune mm. for my like performance. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to T-Pain for uh, auto-tune. Yeah. And what he meant by that was like, I was doing my part Mm -hmm. to experience the most amazing pleasure and have the best time ever Mm -hmm. so i wasn't sitting there being like are you touching me exactly the right way is this exactly what i want like are you the best lover ever i was like holy shit, this feels amazing right Mm -hmm. but it was true yeah and so there's one part of us as lovers being like can we show up as this like encouraging celebratory like i'm going to find the most pleasure out of this the most connection out of this the most beauty out of this Mm And be really honest about what works for my body and what doesn't and mm. advocate for what I desire, what actually is going to make me feel amazing. And I will say that this is very, very hard for, um, as you said, vulva owners a lot of the time to actually own like i desire this i want it this way i want it like that so as well part of having the best sex ever is also again making it safe Mm -hmm. for your partner to be able to ask you for something different or yeah to say no or so yeah yeah Yeah. totally even andrew after like years and years and years if i would ask for something different he'd like like wilt a little bit as a flower you know and
0: be like oh you know
5: and even you maybe
0: you're like maybe it's oh is it safe for me to ask that there was to speak my truth a little bit and and i guess so it's not like shaming the person for wilting but you probably felt that and then now you're trying not to act on that i totally
5: did even like a few weeks ago like i was like going down on a guy and he was like oh can you like use two hands instead of one and i was like little bit yeah <laughs> and I was like wait wait no I got this I got this two hands coming right up
1: I'm, I'm not wrong a or valid, valid point, yeah. though, because it can you feel like you're doing something wrong or not right you're not doing it right yeah, and yeah. then but that is just feedback and it, if it, they say it in a way that's more gentle I was just thinking about this creating buzzwords if you are in partnership buzz or buzz sentences so you have you can sort of relay that in your brain like you're safe you're just can, you can unleash yourself right now or know what your partner likes to hear and then have those I, I I, emotionally sometimes won't feel safe even though I'm with a person that I've been with for a long time because I'm so in my fucking head yeah. and I'm like I can't get out of my head if they had some buzzwords like April I love you and you, you can be here and be present my pussy would probably automatically just open right up what was so when
0: we just heard from Kenneth play I, it was, I was just I was you, to you can relax you don't need to manage anything I got this yes yeah that's yeah. Yes, his app that was aftercare yeah that would be after- perfect but for even the, like for when I I'm re- if someone's going down. on me or re- receiving. They're like, uh, you know, I just you just relax. You don't need to do anything. I'm just happy to have my mouth on your pussy, my fingers, and even if you don't want it there, like tell me what you want. Like, can I just you do so my laundry after this? this? Yeah, and then yeah, can then could you do my laundry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you need, sure, sold. <laughs> oh my
1: god, I think that's genius. So I don't know. I thought about that, and you probably have some suggestions uh, for people when when you are doing your coursework with them. But my question about pre so this foreplay. So let's talk, we're going to talk about oral and hands, right? You just talked about hands, that's yeah. why. And the the two-handed pepper grinder that this human wanted on himself, So, which is cool. Uh, so what kind of suggestions do you have for, for um, warming up your partner. And I'm assuming we're speaking to vulva owners, but I think you can probably flip this in multiple ways. Yeah, I was gonna ways. talk about penis owners. Yeah. Too. Okay, That's yeah. What, okay, well, okay, cool. it works for them, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how can they use their hands or fingers or toes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. Visualiz- so, visualization. So, yeah, okay.
5: So, if you are pleasuring a vulva owner, I would think like there are principles of massage, right? Mm-hmm. So, literally, if you can take a massage class, fucking do it mm-hmm. you know because most of the time people don't like pointy Ooh, no, people no don't pokey. like starting super fast and super hard mm-hmm. you build up to a massage right and there's a kind of presence in your hands mm-hmm. so if you're going to give a good massage you want the masseuse to like be present when they're touching you to start out with like long slow strokes if they're going to go into deep like deep tissue massage mm-hmm. they work up to it yeah. they don't like start the massage by like putting the elbow in you, <laughs> you or like the elbow <laughs>
4: yeah, like a jackhammer <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like grabbing the hair yeah. like yeah yeah
1: All right, just right off the bat <laughs> I want to go into technique in, in, in a moment. And I want to
0: get my finger in
6: April's ass.
1: Yes, not going to happen. <laughs> not Happily. happening, Amy. I I'm trying. You.
6: Happily. Um, I think first is <laughs> using that Uber Loop. And, and it's, it's smart to, there's a way to loop it up that I think is more efficient. So the sex hack is that you use their Uber Loop spray because it looks like a little perfume bottle. And depending on the body, but right at the hip crease, just... Like it creates a little bit of dipping tray depending on the body. Spray Ooh, wherever oh, you really? could Smooth. and then oh. you so you you loop up your finger, like so you could do a little bit of that, like a like a chef. Right, You got to loop it up correctly.
1: This is all about the food yeah, this episode. Yeah, food. I love it. <laughs> food. It food. used to be about the gym. Yeah. Now it's a food.
6: I love it. <laughs> That's so, and then you could spray. So you could loop up your finger and then spray some on the butthole. Then you could massage the outside. So you know your finger is really well lubricated. If it's a first time anal sex then using one finger is smarter, usually your index finger because you have more dexterity and you have more, uh, you can move easier with your, you can manage this finger a lot better than most fingers. And then you start with the outside. So you don't necessarily need to put your finger inside immediately. You should massage the outside of the anus and that will provide a good amount of sensation. At the same time, you could have no simulation on the clitoris at first and just have her feel it a little bit and then see what she likes. Then you go like, why don't you play with your clit or why don't you put a vibrator Again, high arousal is really key. I think the first step is linking the two because if the clit is a reliable, um, provide reliable pleasure and orgasm, it could get arousal high. It wouldn't stay in high arousal. Once we get into the massaging bit, you will see a little bit of their anus actually pucker a little bit; it kind of just relax. So in the beginning, when you're like, "Oh, I'm about shit's about to go down," uh, <laughs>
7: literally, figuratively, yeah, hmm.
6: you know, the external sphincter which you have control over, right? So there's two: there's gate number one, gate number two. The first one would be like, eh, "Is involuntary." You might not even think about your asshole, but it's like, "Oh, shit, shouldn't go in," right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you massage it, you want to get to the state where it actually opens up a little bit. And then there is there's so many different sex hacks that you could do. If your fingernails are all like you're not ready to trim it. Wear gloves. That makes it a lot easier too. So there's another easy sex hack. To Someone kind
0: of, told us about yeah. putting cotton ball. If you have long fingernails and you don't want to trim mm-hmm. them, if you put on the at the end of the glove and then you put the cotton ball the where the finger is, so it can cover the finger and then you have the glove there and then you can still keep your stabby finger, but you don't aren't hurting people as much. Hmm.
6: Yeah, especially if you have nails, so you, the cotton ball would cover the nail. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no sharp point, and then it won't puncture through the the glove. So it gives in enough barrier. So after that, after the massaging of the anus, and if you're watching on YouTube, is, is you could massage it like this with your fingertip, or you could do it with your, this flat part of your knuckle. Which He's going in a circular position, like the- and then yeah. he's
1: using his knuckles in a kind of a circular yeah. position as well yeah. with yeah. his fingertip. On the outside of the and then on the outside, uh, the external portion of the sphincter.
6: Here's another pro tip. I like it when I'm not rushing the other party. I want the other party to feel like, oh, why is he not putting his finger in yet? That is actually a better psychological place, right? So you're taking your time and he's just like, I'm ready. So when that person is actually ready, it changes the dynamic because you don't feel like that person is rushing you. So it's really important not to in, like, not to initiate like when, but kind of get that person to feel like, okay, I'm ready. Is better than you asking because then it's just not the right syntax, right order. So after that, um, there's a couple of techniques on the book. So there's the PNF stretching. So there are stretching techniques that you could do, which is what athlete does to stretch out their hamstrings. And again, it's controlled by their second sphincter is involuntary. So your body has to learn how to let that one go. It's relaxation. But there is enough proprioception, meaning for the receiver to control number one. So you want that person to learn how to control it. I know I talk like a personal trainer, but it's That's it's great. effective because if that person understands their own ass, they're much more. They feel more in control and in power.
1: Wait, Kenneth? Question just right here at this point. I have two different pieces. The first piece is, what do you think about? If, okay, so fingers are, of course, an option. We have those accessible. Most of us have those accessible. So what about using instead, if someone isn't wanting to use a finger, a, a plug, like a small plug or some anal beads, something small to get the anus ready? Do you think that is an, a viable option or is that something that you would consider more for advanced folks or intermediate folks? Or are you just talking about what's accessible yeah. now and easy? Because in my experience, I feel like butt plugs can help this smaller ones, but I also, I've worked with sex toys for years now. So I have those on hand.
2: Mm.
6: I, my answer is it really depends if it's the first time partner anal sex, right? And especially if it's a heterosexual context, it's like he was trying to fuck my ass with his penis. So it really different. If you are doing your own personal exploration, anal training, then a plug or a toy would be great. Esther sort of initiation process, but the reason I favor the finger personally, and there's no like one way to do it, is that I have sensation that mm-hmm. I could see what's going on. I don't get a feedback loop from toys or plugs. So I know when she's tensing and when to go in and when to coach, yeah. right? Or when is everything is ready to go. So, so I get a better feedback loop. And there's ways to hack the sphincter too, right? So one is the PNF stretching, which... There's, there's a couple of different ways to do it. So I'm going to give you all three hacks because I love sharing different mm-hmm. hacks on, on the podcast and you can write about it. You could uh, share it on social media. The first one is just once you, so you wait, right? I'm ready. You put the finger in and you press against the hole and you wait until it relaxes. That's the first one. And then once it relaxes, you ask the person to bear down or try to push your finger out. So, you know, when you poop, basically when you're trying to push poop out your your asshole opens yes, so it it's, count, it's counterintuitive because you think pushing is you don't think is opening but it is so if you ask a person to push against you then you could go in much easier that's this like bearing down right? so
1: that's the relaxation yeah. bearing down so yeah you're pushing out because if you tense
0: up uh-huh. it's going to actually that could be, cause pain and the fissures yeah. and uh-huh. which sounds yeah. counterintuitive to people are uh-huh. like wait you want me to bear down and as if i'm pooping but like actually uh-huh. that helps to open up the muscles
6: I try different lines and I'm a crazy nerd so I was which line is the most effective say push my finger out so they don't think oh, poop. if I say that's pooping smart. then they read they <laughs> get into <laughs> they're like, it. Ah, like I'm not a
1: sexy. like, no, I'm yeah, mad- like ah. <laughs>
6: yeah. I think the sexiest organs between the years so I'm trying to manage that most of the time the body it just go along with the rye you know <laughs> so yeah. so until they get into their body they're not thinking anymore different different state so bearing down is one trick right pushing p- try to push my finger out and as soon as I feel it opens that's when I slide in right mm-hmm. well, on the first and I'm not tra- trying to necessarily need to put my whole finger in it might be two knuckles once I'm in there I don't move right so I'm very there's a lot of sequence that I like on on first time anal so you wait and you go like how does that feel right? And then don't, you don't have to move it. And just say, how does that feel? And go like, is there any pain? Relax into that. Then you start with sensation. So you don't have to go in and out. You just have to press up, right? And if you want to go in a little deeper, you could go like, can you try to push on my finger again? So she learns how to use that muscle because it becomes more voluntary. You'll go like, oh, this is how I relax my ass. Pressing so by, up towards uh, the belly
0: button, right as well, just yeah, in case. Towards right? the G spot. Yeah, towards the G spot. G towards spot. the belly button. Or yeah. also, if we we're talking about, because this would apply to putting a finger in um, a uh, penis-owning ass right. too, and you would still also, if you're trying to get towards the prostate, you'd be pressing up as well towards the the belly button as well. So what you're talking about here, yeah, I know we're saying more like she and and this, but yeah, this applies yeah. to fingers in any Anybody ass. Anybody that has a butthole. Yeah. Yeah, so all the ass And uh, one thing I wanted to say about the sex toy piece, for just to add there, because um, yeah, April and I are both big sex toy fans, is that just to clarify for folks who are brand new, anything, any sex toy you're using on your ass has to have a base on it. I mean, it has like a flange or flared base because the ass keeps going and going into colon and you know, rectum, colon, and then intestines. And, um, and it does a trip to the hospital. It okay, doesn't have an end, yeah. Yes. Whereas a pussy has an end and things don't get lost back in there and so you want it so there are anal a safe, a stopper yeah you want anal safe toys like if you go to purepleasureshop.com and you go to the anal section all of those toys are anal safe whether it's a vibrator or a plug or something you'll see they'll have this base it's really important
6: yeah my wife is a er doctor so i hear <laughs> stories so what could what could i ask there.
1: er doctors all the time <laughs> about this i'm like so what have you seen i want to know what you Not, hear? um someone it was actually a football player said he slipped on and fell on a Coca-Cola bottle. Seriously. Slipped I, thought, and fell I feel like on I've heard one. that before. I thought
0: that was a we, joke. You were there. Oh, I was there. That's you why were there.
1: <laughs> and so you have heard that before, okay. but I friend that's an ER doctor, a mutual oh. friend told us a few stories and I don't ask because I'm, I'm making fun of the situation. I, I really w- want to shed light on it because I think it's, it's taboo for people to stick things in their ass and they, People like it. It feels good. They're curious. And so when they come in, they're like, hey, I have this. I slipped and fell on a, on a Coca-Cola bottle. And then there was one that was a Tabasco <laughs> bottle. Oh. And he said, I was like, was the lid off? And the lid was <gasps> off. Oh, shack. Talkies. So anyway, that's my only story I would love to hear so about. This your is why we're talking yes. about getting actual yeah. sex toys
0: for this <laughs> and true. fingers and actual phalluses that either homegrown cocks or <laughs> dildos that have bases.
1: So uh, onward, Kenneth, the, yeah. because you are you're like the, these are awesome tips. Yeah, and we're on number three, I think. Oh number two was yeah. the so um, there is yeah.
6: pushing out. And then there is another trick is that you ask that person to squeeze your finger as hard as they can until they tire out. Hmm. When there's no more squeeze. So it's like flexing a muscle as hard as you can until you can flex anymore. So it relaxes. Like it's Whoa. a forced relaxation.
0: I like never little knew hold that. It, yeah,
6: for like a minute and it's hard. They will give they will give up. Like, they could only squeeze for so long and once it's is relaxed and it stays relaxed for a little bit because you're too tired so, so, it maxes so like, out. it's uh, almost
0: like a muscle maxing out it reminds when yeah so the you gym. flex
6: flex flex and then yeah. it was like oh yeah. it
0: reminds me of when like people are having kind of like panic attacks and things or going through high anxiety and the and one of the i think it's tre where they say do a wall sit where your back is against the wall and your, your legs are in an l shape and you do that to the point where you exhaust your body and it can help to pull you out of this like anxiety place because you're so exhausted um and yeah. i'm not a, a licensed Therapist, everyone was what it reminds me. I, I just never thought about that for anal. That's amazing. I'm going to try that tomorrow with April.
6: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> she hates every time I got to watch the YouTube you videos, her, her facial features are great. She hates it, shaking her head.
6: <laughs> so, you squeeze, 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 squeeze until they like you literally don't just don't tell them to relax until they like give up. Basically, you want to ask to give in to relaxing and then you have a more relaxed butt. So, that's how you hack the Sventer 2. And the DIRT one is PNF stretching, which is uh, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. I think that's the, I forgot in my, uh, my personal training day. We're going
1: to quiz everyone later yeah. on that, so
6: yeah. be ready. <laughs> so the same, it's the same idea, is that you having the same contraction piece. So imagine I am, and that's the diagram that I showed you earlier on the book. Imagine you're hooking your finger in all four directions. So just say, this is April's butt. and
0: then then
6: (laughs) i am hooking just the first knuckle in and then once my finger is in i will ask that person to squeeze and then i'm stretching one direction so i'm pulling and then the squeezing is fighting my pole and then you want that squeeze to maintain for seven seconds and then when you relaxes it tricks a sphincter to relax, and then you could stretch it more. It will go beyond your like limit before your brain sends a signal that, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, because yeah. it works on your hamstring the same way. You fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, relax, and then you could stretch a little bit further than normal. Um, but another study said that you don't really need to stretch beyond pain, like 40%. Just say 100% is like, oh, it's too painful. And then yeah. there's no benefit at 80%, 40% is good enough.
0: Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube who also happens to be a sponsor, Uberlube. Uberlube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy, and I actually want it all over my body y'all. I'm not joking. It's long-lasting and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky. And has no flavor or scent and April, I've heard you say this, great for oral sex. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending UberLube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin, it's highly body friendly, it's less likely to change the pH, and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized.
1: UberLube is not just for sex, it's for massage. You can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love, so the aesthetics are beautiful beautiful. beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code shameless to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's
0: U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code shameless for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. OMGS utilizes scientific research of real vulvas, showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. And then they turned the research into tasteful, educational, short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world or vulva admirers want to up your pussy pleasure skills. Well, you got to check OMGS out now.
1: OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power.
0: So why do you think people have fetishes or identify as kinky? Like, does it come from a certain place, like an experience or experiences?
2: You know what? Here's the thing. As as we know, what people associate with kink is really the sensationalism that they see in porn, that they see it on television, that they see in movies and they happen to identify with. And they're like, oh, my God, that's kinky. Right. Kinky is really your deviation. So you might think that actually, OK, by definition, I am kinky, but it's kind of boring. Like, is that all it is? Yes, that is all it is. Here's part two of that same guide. Watch this. What is the thing that you want to do that you are too ashamed to tell anybody? That's the next question. That's where we're going into the shadow. That's where everyone has a kink, a fetish, a thing. And that's where we start dealing with it because we're pulling out The parts of you that you're too ashamed or too embarrassed to say that you would like to do, that you would engage in, that you really are passionate about, but you don't know how to get support around it or how to do it safely or you don't have the language for it. Right. That's what really is the king. That's really the juice for me as a coach. That's what I'm really trying to get people to do is to step into that place. Do you guys have one thing that you you might be comfortable with sharing with the audience that you're like, oh, my God. I, I mean, it's something I've really struggled with, but I'd love to try and do it. I would
0: say for me, I think Uh, in a fantasy world your rape fantasy stuff is legit see but i know that i don't want to actually want to enter into a rape scene but i am in a dominant submission being the like dirty naughty little girl and i have played into like the daddy little girl and various things about or like bondage and things like that but never like let's pretend like you're actually raping me or Mm -hmm. threatening to rape me um is not actually something i want to do. I have one. Oh yeah, let it out. So my thing
1: with the step fantasy—it's mostly step, but it could be considered incest, and it could be a byproduct of my upbringing. No fucking lies there. I have this fantasy with the step. It's typically either an observer to a step environment where it's a step mom and a step son. Th- thank you, daughter. Uh, I was like step child, child? but it's mostly yeah. son uh, that's happening, or. For me, what really turns me on is the stepfather with the stepdaughter Mm -hmm. where it's, and, and it's not anything that is, but I do. Have a thing with the 18 plus category. No joke. Nothing else, but it's like, oh, they look younger, 19, 20. No, 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 under. It has to be, I have to know that they're fucking Ah, of age because otherwise I'm like, ew, no fucking way. But I do like when they look younger. They just have to look, make sure I know that they're 18 plus when I'm watching porn. But do you actually
0: want to do it? Lo, do you
1: want to actually do that? And, I have that? a turn on from that. Yes, okay. I would do it if it's like a played out scenario. OK, yeah, so, like that so that's you. shameless conversations for me right now. <laughs> that's that I've shame, never admitted, that's, and First
2: of all, sex. let like let me give you some praise for that, because that is very deep. Most people won't admit it, but it is the number two or three form of erotica in the world. Peer based erotica. More stuff is written about step incest than any other category of sex on the planet. Right. That is the number one. But here's what I like for your listeners to kind of observe and also for yourselves. Notice that your language around it kind of diminished. You guys are skilled podcasters, but it was like a in um uh well uh you know what I mean? In that space. And yeah. what that tells me is that it's not fully integrated into who you are, right? Well,
1: because I've never talked about exactly. it. Exactly. That's and why this is, and right. this is
2: why it's important because true integration happens around four steps, and I call this lamp L. A-M-P. Language, attire, mannerisms, presentation. The first step of true integration is developing language around it. Now remember, 5% of language is words. What's the other part? Body language, right? If you've never talked about it, not only do you not have the verbal language for it, you also don't have the body language for it. So your body's figuring it out as on the fly. you like your hands, your movements, your eyes, everything is learning how to deliver this information in a very specific way. Right. Also, it feels so awkward because we don't know how to embody it. That's the attire. Like, how do we wear our desire? right? And that's why we kind of feel awkward, a little disheveled, because we're trying to create a cohesive presentation for our other persons, for our listeners, for our partners. And when we can't do it, we just feel like an idiot and we get awkward and we get scared. But if we don't talk about it with someone, we will never develop the language. It will stay shadow. It will stay awkward. And eventually it will actually slip out. And I like to say, it's you know so uh, uh, our desires kind of are like uh, a fart you know what I mean it either slips out or it comes out as a burp it can either come out in your mouth <laughs> or it can come like out your ass <laughs> but, but either way your desire is going to come out you're going to have this this thing if it's a true desire it's going to either come out in a way that's not healthy and productive and it's going to offend some people right or it's going to come out your mouth where you can accurately articulate it in a way where it's more palatable to other people right.
1: That's
0: gonna be a quote for the I like show, she's right writing there. notes right now. I'm like like that desires fart is like a part going a slip out. <laughs> just like just a little pfft on, on the tongue. Oops. You know who I'm you know what I'm saying out there, listeners, right. <laughs> special listeners. So,
2: so last thing, last thing. There's only four parts in this thing. What is keeping you from engaging in the behavior that you want to do or that turns you on? Give me two things.
0: Well, I will just can I speak generally? Just uh, shame and um, and you know fear of being judged and someone saying this is too much, this is not normal, it's not okay. I'm rejected. Well, that's a lot of things. But you know, losing the love, someone not wanting to do this with me, my feelings around that, and then bottling that up, and then now I'm closed down. And I, yeah. That's
2: so I'm going to say that the bulk of that tirade was about you, fear of you losing the connection to the other person and being judged. You said 50 million things, yeah, but I don't you, want that. you reiterated it in the same way, which is, you know, a fear of loss. And that's totally understandable. Right. But also be fear of being reduced to a behavior, to an act, to a certain thing. That's dehuman, uh, dehumanization. That's not just shame. You're worried about somebody taking away your humanity and viewing you as just as an act or just as a desire, right? And this is the number one reason why people don't communicate their fantasies, why they don't go into those deep places and really share authentically. My job is literally to drag that out of people and have them create comprehensive ways of talking about this with other people, specifically their partners, what are your thoughts about that? Mm.
1: Uh, I think you're really fucking good at what you do. And every time you're on the show, I learn an immense amount of information from you. And this is why I have a, maybe a secret fantasy about you, Orpheus Black. <laughs> that is Thank what you. I have to say about Thank that. You. Ooh, Ooh, so wait out I that, girl. It. So just saying, <laughs> I'm getting more comfortable with talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another question, though, for you, Orpheus, if If that's okay to ask you because uh, you're such a dominant, and I like asking permission, does well,
2: you I like it. <laughs>
1: uh, so- yes, you may <laughs> thank you. so it seems there's a lot of of talk or there's a lot of people that actually enjoy face slapping, choking. I've talked about choking. I am a a person that enjoys choking, not to the point where I, I can't coherently state what I want in a situation, but I do enjoy choking, especially when it comes to an intro to kink. Some beginners are in terms of when they're starting to embody the kink lifestyle, this comes into play, slapping, choking. So we would love, I would love your thoughts on this and suggestions on how people can interpret this and take this into their playtime safely.
2: Thank you so much. I'm glad you asked this because this choking is actually my favorite subject. I'm actually in the state of California, an expert registered as an expert witness in the state of California for when people actually kill people <laughs> <laughs> with regards to with cho- choking. Oh, it's yeah. so like an
1: expert witness? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I've she been, I've been on murder too. cases, you know,
2: and it's 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 a fun thing to talk about, but let's be specific.
1: Okay, you just went from zero. No, you went from 360 to 1600 for me because she's on her way over to your house right now. I'm obsessed with <laughs> criminal cases of any sort. Oh I, okay, that's it. Not about me anymore,
2: sorry. I choke. I it is, one, it is my number one fetish. It is the thing that I love the most, is the thing that I've investigated the most, is the thing that I'm most into. And here's the thing. What you're describing is not choking. You're describing rough neck play, right? Where someone wants to have their neck handled, grasped, you know, so on and so forth. But once you start squeezing and you start depleting oxygen from, go, uh, oxygen from going through the esophagus, now you're talking about choking. When you're talking about relieving the blood from going to the brain, we're talking about, that's actually a type of blood play called shimiwaza. So one of the things that we try to do is make a distinction between the two. If I put my hand around your neck, A few things can happen. One, I can make you feel like you're gasping for air, although you are not. Right. I can put you out and you will never it so fast that you will not be able to put your hands up to your neck. Right. Or I can rough handle your neck in the same way that you see in porn in, in other movies. Right. Because most people in porn are not actually choking the individual. They're just handling the other person's neck rough. If you put that person out, the scene stops right? So how long can I, a person keep their hand on your neck before they start choking? So what most people are doing is they're doing a faux or a mock choking, and that's okay. But it does come with its kind of proclivity. It's comes with, with its risk where you can slip a disc, pull a nerve, pinch a nerve, do a muscle, right? You can actually rub so much that you actually uh, in the wrong place that you can drop the, the heart rate. You know what I mean? So there's lots of things that can still happen. It's just not likely. Most people get into it because that is a control space. Your neck is a place of control. If I grab you by your neck and pull, you will follow where your neck goes. The myth is where the head goes, the body goes, but that's not true. Where the neck goes, because it's the most vulnerable part of the body, the rest of the body will go.
0: What's the difference between flirting online and flirting in person? Oh
4: my gosh. Okay. So, surprise question. (laughs) I love this. I'm going to answer the second part first. So, the biggest difference between flirting online via text and in person is body language. Mm. Like, hands down, that's it. We give off so many nonverbal cues with our body language. And so, things that we're not even thinking about, like, I'm someone that when they're cold, I'm cold, I cross my arms like to protect. It's almost like, no, my nipples, I want to protect them from the cold. Like, that's really what I'm doing. But if someone doesn't know that about me, which who the fuck would know that about me? They're going to be like, why is that woman standing with her arm crossed? She must not want to talk to anyone or she's not having a good time because culturally, that's what that posture means. So... When we're flirting in person, like open shoulders, turning towards the person, leaning in towards the person, like not taking up their personal space and not asking for consent, but like not leaning away. The second you start leaning away, the other person's like, they want to go. At least a good person will think that, right? Like someone who is aware of of what's going on and doesn't want to like violate consent. (laughs) So the best way to meet people is however suits your personality and psyche and what makes you feel comfortable. So if you are someone who thrives in a group setting and being around people, go do that. If you are someone who thrives in structure, try speed dating, right? Like go to a thing where you're not having to just randomly approach people and someone's like, Nope, you sit here, you sit here, two minutes, go. And then you have that container to just be like, oh, I can I can thrive now because I just have two minutes with this person versus like walking around a mixer and being like, oh my God, how do I go up to that hot person over there? And like, and then you just get in your head and think about it. And for other people, the mixer's the more, you know, optimal situation. And then there are those who in-person things before clicking with someone really freak them out. And I think that that is... An outcome of so much of our life being online now that it is actually more comfortable for a lot of people to start the relationship digitally and then bring it in person. And the idea of starting it in person is like, oh, but they'll see my face. And it's, yeah. it's really freaky to people. And I, I always prefer in person. And I say that, but I've met every partner online. So, you know. Yeah. Tis tis the age. So I have a question about the speed dating
0: and mixers you, you were talking yeah. about. The Catalina uh, wine mixer. A wine a wine <laughs> the, mixer. No, the Catalina <laughs> wine
1: mixer, step brothers. Oh, Never yes. mind. All
0: right. <laughs> Shake and bake. Um, that's, no, that's talladega Oh shit. Sorry. Same um, crew. Uh us say we're Okay.
4: Um,
0: okay, so I've known people who have tried to find legit I'm doing air quotes or like a, a speed dating uh, avenues that are online mm-hmm. or in person and they're it, It seems like kind of hit or miss. Like, this a lot of speed dating sites are trying to do like a grander promotion for their other work. Do you so, like, where do people find speed dating and mixers, whether it's an in person mixer or speed dating? Like, where, what are the, I know of meetup.com, like, how do they go and find these things? I know that there's all the apps for dating, but what if they want to go and do these other
4: versions? So, wonderful question. First of all, I think that a great place to start is to niche down a little bit. So, if you know that you're a super sex positive person and are into kink and are into, you know, whatever sex positivity in general, look for sex positive organizations in your area and then see what events they're having. So kind of reverse engineer it instead of just doing a general Google search for speed dating my zip code, then all of the, you know, like a church speed dating thing could pop up. Like you don't know what's it. So yeah. And for somebody that's perfect. So that's a great example. If you're a religious person and want to date someone from church, look up, literally Google church speed dating and your zip code. So if you can think about what types of organizations would be putting on events that would have people that I want to meet, then you can search it that way. There's a great new app called Bloom that is basically trying to replace FetLife.
0: I've heard of it.
4: Okay, yeah. Yeah, they have a bunch of, it's a sex positive app. They have a bunch of different events listed. Some are virtual, some are in person, you can filter. But I know going on there that everything on that list is going to be attended with sex positive people. And so for me as a not church person, that's the type of event that I want to go to, not the church one. And for someone else, it's really, they would be like, absolutely not. I don't even want that app on my phone. Thank you. So just, yeah, reverse engineering it and going about it that way versus going to like a general, okay, Cupid is hosting a uh, speed dating event to try to sell you into their premium membership. Like those are the ones where people start to feel like they're at a timeshare presentation and it's just like the general public.
0: And then then they don't want to go back ever again. It ruins it. It ruins the experience. They're like, well, this is terrible. Speed dating is not a real thing.
1: I just want to suggest something to anyone out there. And I don't know, Rachel, if you also agree with this and if not, it's okay. But I find that being single, the best thing is to go to as a plus one date with a girlfriend or a a guy friend to a wedding a wedding the wedding crash. <laughs> well, no, not crashers, but it, going to weddings is so fun. People like let loose and you meet people, there are a lot of couples. And this is not like, a, this is not uh set in stone. But I've met. So I've had hookups and met partners. That are now at weddings and uh yeah
0: I brought you to that wedding I'm a pretty big
1: I'm pretty <laughs> big hit at weddings but I'm saying that's a good way if you're freaked out by going to these uh, open affairs it's a pandemic sometimes folks freak out she's a big hit uh, at
0: weddings honestly she's kind of
4: your but best but I,
1: I want to ask you a, a I question a wedding with you now <laughs>
4: come to a wedding or
1: invite me to a wedding with you Rachel yeah I'll, I'll let come. you know I'll let you know don't tempt me with a good time so <laughs> I have a question that's uh, related somewhat so coming back to the online portion of this. So that's, again, you had mentioned earlier, that is where a lot of nowadays, a lot of things are taking place with flirting, with dating, it all kind of stems or the foundation is online because it can be so difficult to find these, these, uh, these mixers that I can't stop thinking about the Catalina wine mixer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so because we're still it, we're still in it, uh, unfortunately, and, and hopefully that will shift. But What happens when you're flirting with someone and okay, so there's a few pieces to this. I've had a lot of friends. I've never used dating apps. Okay. I haven't. Uh, Amy's Muzzled always our both. guinea pig whenever we, yeah, I'm the, I'm the guinea pig yeah. I, because I don't do well. As, as I mentioned, I come across a little weird on text and, and I don't do well, just digitally meeting people. She matched me with so many people on Tinder back in 2012. I am good at matching people. I match my, my gay friends with grinder dudes too. I'm like, let me strike out his dick. Yes, 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 yes. No. No.
0: No. Got a great uh, day out of it. Yeah.
1: So my question is for people that are frustrated and they've been on these dating apps and they've been flirting maybe, or they've gone out on several dates and and the person isn't as maybe as witty as they are at, with the flirting on text as they are in person and they they get exhausted by it. Are there different avenues besides you've already mentioned a couple, the wedding thing, I think is a good idea, the mixers, mm-hmm. but getting out there, being a, a wing person for someone. Are there other ways? Because I know a lot of folks that just get tired of yeah. the dating realm. They feel like it's almost like a job, like mm-hmm. who pays? Do we do coffee? Do we do a second date? Yep. A <laughs> so that's the first part of my question. And that's a lot. And then the second part is. What happens when flirting seems like an like it's an opening for something more? Like, what do you do there? If they're like, oh, wow. I'm not saying like you got a dick pic because that's obvious. Uh, <laughs> but you're like, wow, they just said I'm, you know, I'm like the smartest person they've ever met, which is what would turn me on if they said I had this person. I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. I'm smart. <laughs> uh, so that's thing. So what do you think about all that? It's a lot of info, but I just was curious. Okay. So first question is other
0: avenues to meet people. God, you have a good memory. Thanks. Okay, okay.
4: Just, I just wanted to make sure I'm like, I'm tracking you. I just want to make Do you remember sure. Squirrels? Squirrels. Right squirrels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but okay. So a couple things, if you don't like dating apps, but would prefer to meet online, use Instagram. I cannot tell you how many people have, I hate this phrase, but slid into my DMS and been yeah, like, Hey, like, I really love your content. I live in such and such a city, which is near you. Would you ever want to meet for coffee? And like, then I get to click their name, look at their profile, take a full intake into what's going on there and decide if I even want to have a conversation with this person. It is such a wonderful way to meet people because you can, as creepy as this sounds, you can watch what they post. And you can get a lot more information about them than, frankly, even on a dating app, right? You see that they like reshared something that's like COVID's not real, and you're like, oh, okay, bye. You, it, like it's it's so much faster, or you agree with it. You're like, it's uh, yeah, I'm a match yeah. yeah, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. So Instagram is great for that, like really, really, really great. The other thing is tell everyone you know who you want to be set up with. Ooh. So I like hey. It. Hi, Anthony hey, Name
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe> the name. I'm talking about the personality. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. I just yeah. said a name,
4: but I can't help myself. I mean, you know, you could do a name if you're feeling that specific and excited. But yeah, like, hey, I'm looking for someone of this gender, or I actually don't care about gender. What I do care about is that they live within 20 miles of my zip code, <laughs> that they have a semi-stable career you know, you decide what that means. You know, some people may think my career is not stable because I'm not employed by a corporation. Like you have to decide what that means. Um, High emotional intelligence and general attractiveness. Now, granted, all of these things are subjective. So if there is something that you're like, I can't stand brunettes, let's just say that's your thing. Like, hate them tell <laughs> the person tell the people that you're giving the PSA to like hey i by the way i really don't like brunettes like no offense i just you know blondes redheads and like dyed hair only please like if that's something that is a is a thing for you then like just state it and then what happens is that person or those people whoever you tell are out in the world and as they meet other single people this is on their radar and so all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh i have a friend who i think I would love to introduce you to, would you be open to that? And nine times out of 10, unless this person is, you know, in a committed monogamous relationship, they're like, Oh, sure. Then I go back to the friend. Hey, I met somebody. I would love to introduce you. Is that cool? And then I do like a little meet cue and then boom. But if we don't put out there what we want, if we don't tell people that we're looking for someone, they can't help us.
1: When I think about fetishes or fetishizing something, which we talked about, like people with freckles or, remember, or unicorns or whatever people are are fetishizing, I always... Kind of interlay those things with kink, and it's like almost an umbrella situation. And I don't know are are those two things related? Because in my midwestern conservative brain, which I, I haven't lived there in forever, I'm like, oh, I'm not kinky, but I really like this. Is that my fetish? Are those two kinky. things? Are they like cousins? Are they stepchildren? Are they what? What, <laughs> like, what are they related? Or could you kind of talk about that? Right? <laughs> is, is is kink oh, oh, fetish's uncle?
7: <laughs> yeah they are they are related so the way that um that i like to look at that approach is so kink is a even larger umbrella and under those kinks are lots of different fetishes right you know um that might be a way of sort of visualizing it um but the the other thing is that Kink is so subjective. So, in the Midwest, in this particular town where you were raised, maybe there are
1: things. Don't say we like cows, okay? It's not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but since you brought it,
0: no. Um, she has a cheese fetish. Yeah, thing. cheese. I'm going to cheese. Okay, okay <laughs> we'll go with cheese.
7: because yes,
8: Bestiality is not a fetish.
7: There, yeah, well, no, 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 we are, no. Uh, no. Let's be consensual, everyone. Exactly. So, you know, it may be really, really um, acceptable to have like, sex and involve food specifically fondue because there's just an mm-hmm. abundance of cheese there right mm-hmm. um and so that might not be even kinky for you but where um, we live here in Florida, like, perhaps that is like, oh, my gosh, that's so weird. That's so different. That is um, how do people even get off to that?
8: I feel like there are a lot of retirees having <laughs> fondue sex parties, though. <laughs> we,
7: just haven't, we, we just haven't reached that age where we've
0: gotten
4: invited to
0: them yet. <laughs> so to so, the ret- retiree, swinger, kinky that sounds fondue. Fun. Party. I, I want to eat fondue it. off your body. I mm-hmm. want to do that. I want it out of your belly button. I, yeah. April's going to clean it first. she's
7: like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that off your face. Just no, But you are about you coming in from Burning Man, right, and thinking like you've been defiled by you know like this space and all these people and sweaty and uh, haven't you know? Well, you did say you showered and you ruined my whole defilement <laughs> fantasy. But whatever, <laughs> um, you know that could really be a thing. But for all the folks that are at Burning Man, it's just like yeah, we were just all here and yeah. Uh, Right. Well, Bernie, it's, it's, one
0: of the beautiful, yeah. and, I know this, and I know this podcast isn't about Bernie Man, but one of the things I love about it is in the everyday world, we can't walk around naked because it's not consensual, right? Like if I walk down the street, it's not consensual because someone's, uh, didn't, they're not saying they necessarily want to see my bits. At Burning Man though, that's like off the table. People are just walking around naked all over the place. And it's not, that's not all that Bernie Man is. Plenty of people that are clothed, but a lot of people get to this free space because it's, it's radical self-expression. And and it's an interesting thing because I was thinking about that with cons- Scent and 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 maybe naked isn't their fetish you know some people just identify as nudists and that's just like a lifestyle for them it might not be a you know a fetish for them but people get to walk around you know with their junk hanging out and they're not in a place where people are like put that away inappropriate now if they were just masturbating out on the playa that could be a thing although that's I, what i
1: was going to ask Though i did see some people that? fucking
0: on the playa though i right. did i definitely did and it was not in the origin zone
1: i've lived in countries where i was followed by um men like two different times in italy and in spain not saying that this happens but i was followed by someone that dropped their drawers and started masturbating and i was like this is i was like that's 19 yeah. i was like dude no nah, that's not cool if someone does to me a burning man i'd be fucking pissed yeah. Be like bro i don't care if that's your fetish that's not my that's not i'm not consenting so- you yeah.
8: once consent is out of it it is not it's it's not uh a mutual thing like you can have a masturbation fetish when you're alone in your own space but once you start including other people then that's borderline or actually is like sexual assault Mm -hmm. yeah not not consent once consent is taken out of it it's like the same kind of thing like it might be your fetish to put someone on a leash and walk them around perfectly fine within your own space or or in a dungeon where people are consensual consensual to that type of behavior but if you just walk somebody down the street like that then you're no longer in a space where people are consenting to. Mm
7: -hmm. And I think something really is important, and this is huge about the work that we do, is that people do have unhealthy fetishes, right? Mm -hmm. People do have unhealthy sexual (laughs) behaviors. Um, And one of the things that we do is help people, as King said, live live their fantasies and fetishes out in a safe and healthy way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes our work may intersect and we have to go oh, you know, that actually, while that may be something that brings you excitement and that brings you se- sexual pleasure, that's not consensual, that mm-hmm. is not, um, it's not healthy, it is uh, illegal, and mm-hmm. we need to refer you or, you know, pause, and we need to consider consider addressing this in a totally different way. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is important. And also for us that we are a part of the kink lifestyle, the BDSM lifestyle, the all the lifestyles and all the styles, <laughs> yeah, all the styles. it's really except important. for the retiree party, yeah, not They're yet, there not yet. yet. All right, that is a goal. Yeah. Um, but of all of these lifestyles, it is really important for us to show that there is a difference between how we respect each other in that lifestyle. So as you're saying, this large, very free environment, you can still be violated in that environment because now we're crossing what works for one person in that space versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in our Places and spaces that we bring people, retreats that we have, um, workshops that we host. We really talk about how important it is to respect the lifestyle, the people that are in the lifestyle, and how to guide and usher folks that really want to be free in those spaces, but have to learn what boundaries are around fetishes and kinks.
1: Which you have so Royal Fetish Films is a multi award winning, three time award winning plus. Oh oh, um, oh, oh. So you have to tell us more about this. Oh, uh, and mm-hmm. and king has the shirt on which uh-huh. is a really dope it's the crest it's the crest that's really good it's like two crowns if and you, then
0: if you want to send us some of those shirts yeah those
1: on. shirts are badass <laughs> so and please Andrew. tell us all more about royal fetish films and what that kind of entails and and all the things that kind of circumvent this this beautiful uh mission so, so
7: the the, the we
8: started well wait was, even before
7: oh. we said we have to correct her bio she said oh, three shit. time times oh shit was, oh <laughs> That's what I said multi. I I I wrote it. I wrote it. I was
0: wrong. Lo siento.
7: (laughs) No,
8: we we just won two more um FatCon. What was that, like three weeks ago?
7: Yeah, right, but right right after we spoke with uh before we were supposed to speak. I got
8: I got to I'm a humble Mm -hmm. flex real quick. I got I won uh best male cam. Fetish Performer and Best Male Fetish Performer for yeah. a year.
1: I can see why, awesome. P.S., because, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching you do some things on film. Okay, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I want to watch both of okay? you. Okay, and both of yeah. you, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just have to say it. So I hope that's consensual. I'm just saying. It, ah! is.
8: it is. I'm yeah. an exhibitionist. I told y'all. So come come on my next uh, OnlyFans Live or something. Come have some fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. But, um, yeah, so we we started Royal Fetish Films, Uh, what is it, like 10 years ago mm-hmm. now? Uh, because we did not see ourselves reflected in the adult entertainment industry um jazz I had already been in in some some shoots and some scenes and done like live shows and all kinds of stuff and I had stepped away from the industry for a little bit and Jasmine was a consumer Mm -hmm. at the time and we were we started working together and doing parties uh bachelorette parties and and birthdays divorce parties run down the list and people at our show, at our parties, would also say, I do not see myself reflected, you know? um, And this goes to what we were talking about earlier. A lot of films and and the porn industry in general fetishize Black people as a fetish, Mm -hmm. not as human beings engaging in a fetish. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make and create uh, films that reflected the full gamut of Black sexuality, and passion and Mm -hmm. kink and fetishes and all of these things and to show that it can be done in a beautiful way and that we can engage and enjoy and partake in fetishes because a lot of times people would get into this like oh that's some white people shit or if we were trying to go to certain clubs or be in certain places white people would not want to have us involved or allowed into those types of spaces not really thinking that People have probably been liking to get their ass spanked for thousands and thousands and thousands of years all yep. across the entire planet. It's regardless. not
0: brand new, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah. and
8: it's also and it's also not uh racially Perfect. specific, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you watched porn in America, you would think that Asian people only worked as masseuses, <laughs> Spanish people only as maids, and black folk men specifically. Only were allowed to fuck people in prison. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know, and black women are hardly ever shown in any films back mm. back in the day. So it's like we wanted to change that. And that's how we got started.
7: Yeah. So I I'm I'm gonna lean on you for this a little bit. When I like to think, um, no, I know that Royal mm. Fetish Films has changed the culture of the adult industry Facts. with respect to how we um have placed our culture in the in the film industry and now this is the part where i need your help in order for mm-hmm. for something to have culture it has to be represented in what ways yeah
8: so music, music.
7: so the music in our films check it out mm. what else the clothing
8: language clothing mm-hmm. yeah a written and a, a written
7: a written form language,
8: written form as mm. well so and the navy
7: in the Navy. We're working on that. Yeah, we're we're
8: at navy. navy, wait,
7: wait. wait. <laughs> Gotta go. you got to go. Got to go. In the Navy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you think about um, when you actually experience our films, what you're going to see um, from the, the changing of the culture is the conversations that we have are not scripted to the typical porn scripts. That was something that I was having a really hard time as a consumer is that I could not connect with um the people that looked like me but were they they would have them sound and I met some of these people and they're really intelligent, interesting people, but they were always casted in a particular way that I was just like, I wouldn't want to fuck that person, right? Mm-hmm. And then but and then you meet them and you're like, Well, why would they dumb you down in that way? But it's to fit that that box. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear music, whether it's King Noir's original music or music that makes us feel sexy and is um, is relevant to the time. Like people can actually say what a porn song sounds like. That means that it's been, Use and overuse, and you know, so much the
1: bounce um, you can want wow, wow. Come on, That's come on. yeah.
7: <laughs> so, um, you know, we use original artists, original producers in our music. The written language, the descriptions don't say, you know, BBC fucks a milf, it's like a mm-hmm. whole storyline and uh, erotica in it. The attire you will see everything from waist beats to head wraps to sneakers, mm-hmm. um, things that are very, you know. Um, commonplace and that we're really proud of in our culture. And we brought that into our film along with our kinks. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Our
1: favorite of this year. All of them are really good. And these are just the ones that we thought should be recapped.
0: Give you a little taste. Give you a taste of it. A, a shameless smash-up taste.
1: I like the shameless smash-up. We should trademark that one. That's a lot of sh- smash-ups. Sh- <laughs> we usually have We S- love our S's ever. over here. We yeah. really
0: do. So if you listen to a clip there that you absolutely love, go to our show notes but not quite yet because you have to stay tuned for our trailer at the end. Our, tiz- our sizzler, our a teaseler. But go into our show notes and then we'll actually have links to where you can full, find the full episodes because you might need a little bit more. So this sizzler trailer Tesla is with private parts unknown as we said in the intro awesome awesome podcast the anthony bourdain of sex uh, with a wonderful host named courtney that we love and just part of our pleasure podcast network and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do stay tuned go check it out a podcaster goes to tokyo to uncover stories of sex relationships and queerness and winds up getting a happy ending massage That's the kind of Bourdain style experiential storytelling you can expect from Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. Hi, I'm Courtney Kosak, and for the show, we've traveled to Helsinki,
3: Finland, Mexico City, Mexico, Tokyo, Japan, and beyond
0: to explore different modes of intimacy and increase our cultural understanding. Tune in for hilarious sex-positive conversations, destigmatizing
3: everything from a to Ashley Madison, polyamory to PMDD, sex work to Shabari, and more. Follow Private Parts Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code ShamelessSex at purepleasureshop.com.